My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Mmm, oh, guys, you have great questions. Again, who in the hell writes these questions? I know you do, but my God, these are great. Um, wow. Uh, I thought this was going to be an easy question. Usually you get the last question. It's like, just take it home. Um, that is a really good question. So, Yet still, everyone keeps praising Logan Paul, first created to have their own Super Bowl commercial, or Mr. Beast was featured. But no one's really talking about the journey it took. I think everyone forgets that the entire world canceled Logan Paul. The entire world. And he comes back. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Tiny Giants, the creator economy show that's about career over celebrity. I am your host, T. Adeola, your favorite former 400 pounder getting you fit on all things creator economy. And it is a rare thing to talk to someone who's been on both sides of the creator economy coin, being a creator themselves, also working back of the house, making the creator economy function. And we have the delight, honor and privilege of doing just that with today's guest, Tanache Chaponda. Tanache Chaponda is an influencer marketing expert who understands the works of the creator economy, formerly a YouTuber. Chaponda grew his channels to over 25,000 subscribers at 30 million channel views and worked with brands from Plato's Closet and Coco International. Afterwards, Tanache started Sosani Studios, a creative ad agency that focused on top of funnel and growth marketing campaigns for brands leveraging influencers and their social platforms. Chaponda has led branded content series campaigns from Cash App's America 48 Tour, Compa USA Tour with Warner Brothers and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and continues to execute influencer campaigns for over 100 brands. Tanache's mission is to continue building communities for brands and influencers and to create an impact within the creator economy. So without further ado, my conversation with tiny giant Tanache Chaponda. Tinashe, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. Tia, I'm super excited to be here. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm looking forward to this one. So the whole premise of this show is that you get big by going small. Don't try to boil the ocean. Don't try to be all things to all people. Pick a lane, pick a niche 
or niche if you're fancy, and then focus on that thing. And then paradoxically, once you own your lane, that's when you blow up and you can branch out into doing other things, which you have certainly been a living testimony of. And I want to get into that, but no one starts out at the top. So if you would take us back, take us on that origin story and tell us how you chose your niche or maybe how your niche chose you. Yeah, of course. Um, Quick recap. I was born in Harare, Zimbabwe. Then I moved here in the States in early 2000s. So really from day one, you could say I've always been obsessed about community just because I never really had it as a only family here in the U.S. kind of growing up. I'm obsessed there. But really it started during college around 2017 when was interning at Goldman, got a return offer, then decided to drop out and go full force into social media. I dropped out of business school, everything for this full, you know, adventure into the skit era. I did that for a couple of years, made zero money. And then a friend, you know, pinged me and said, hey, I just made $200 and it's off this thing called uh, reacting on music videos. It's called K-pop. It's like Korean pop music. I didn't know what it was. We were talking about BTS, Blackpink. So I hopped on that. And essentially within three, four months, I scaled my YouTube channel to 25,000 subscribers, a little bit over uh, 28 million channel views. And that's when my agency friend poached me and said, hey, why don't you come make content for me? Uh, I see what you're doing. So I did that for a bit and it opened up my eyes to, wow, you're spending six figures a month on and running ads? What is this? And it kind of opened up my eyes realizing how much I really loved the the back end and business and strategy of advertising. So from there, I did that for a year or so. And then another friend of mine had me come to his video production company. And essentially he's had it for about, he'd had it for eight years. And within nine months I came in and I uh, grew his revenue by 300%, the most he's ever made in all eight years. Um, and that's when a mentor kind of tapped me. and was like, hey, you're waking up and going to this office at 5 a.m. You're the last one to get out of the office and you have no ownership. Like, what are you doing? So that's when I came in like a week or two later, told him, hey, I want to kind of do my own thing. A month later, COVID happens. Um, at this point, all the kind of digital marketing clients I'd made while working with him stopped that service. So that's when I had the aha moment, like, whoa, I can actually do influencer stuff, the stuff I did a few years ago. So that's when we, I pivoted into influencer marketing during 2020, um, being that I was a past influencer. I had, you know, digital marketing and video production experience. It was actually quite easy for me to get into the space by calling a few influencer friends. A fun fact, my first few deals, I actually paid for myself. I contacted, you know, a clothing brand. My friend said, can you please send this person some clothes? He didn't want to do it. I said, okay, fine. Let me just pay for the clothes and let me pay $50 to the influencer so that they can make it happen. We did our first collaboration and that's really is the rest is history from there. Thank you for that. That was phenomenal. And I hope you all are noticing a trend about how he started focused on community, wanting to build that. And then his network, he kept saying a friend told me this, and then a friend of a friend, and then this friend. That is powerful, powerful stuff right there. So given your experience and your purview as both an influencer and being on the other side of the fence, are there any 
giant, non-obvious traps that you will call out for someone wanting to get into the space, or maybe if you were talking to your younger self, and I'll go first as an example. So I am a professional digital marketer by trade. And when I first cut my teeth way back in the early 2000s, not unlike yourself, I just went on to Google and I typed in how to make money online, right? And I was presented with a bunch of crap, basically. Um, And I got bad information and I ended up doing a bunch of things that I no longer do, but, um, and it was all part of the process. You got to go through the bad before you can really identify the good, but that's the, the giant non-obvious trap that I tell people trying to get into digital marketing and collectively as a society, we all went through the pain of, you know, hashtag fake news and misinformation a few years ago, but just because it's online doesn't mean it's any good. (laughs) There's info and then there's info, right? And so that's the giant non-obvious trap that a lot of people just getting into digital entrepreneurship fall into. They just go to Google like I did, and I'm just as guilty of it, typed in how to make money online. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they're they're doing link farms and keyword <laughs> stuff in and, and yep. all this other things, right? So again, given your purview, both as an influencer yourself and on the agency side of things, are there any giant non-obvious traps that you would call out? I would say the biggest trap that's on the open, yet people kind of, you know, see it as a praise is TikTok's ability to make anyone go viral became one of the most biggest traps in the creator space because this instant high where short form content creators will, you know, put in their work for, you know, a few months and then just give up. And as great as it was that anyone can go viral, the, the the trap that came with it was the actual longevity and the sustainability to where you see creators all the time that start to go viral are doing really great for a few months. They hit that dip. Algorithm doesn't like them. TikTok is constantly, you know, changing the algorithm. And now they feel like, oh, I'm not worth it. I'm useless. Yet still, everyone keeps praising Logan Paul, first created to have their own Super Bowl commercial or Mr. Beast was featured. But no one's really talking about the journey it took. I think everyone forgets that the entire world canceled Logan Paul, the entire world, and he comes back. So a big trap is the instant high that a lot of people get when they're wanting to go into this profession as a creator, which also happens on the brand side, too, where clients go, hey, let's do an influencer campaign. They're expecting virality within the first. Sometimes it can take three to six months to really one, understand, is are you going after the right influencer, the right messaging, and the right timing during the year? Uh, I would definitely say is one of the biggest traps is that instant a high of going viral. So this is an audio-only podcast. So you all can't see me, but I almost have whiplash. I was nodding my head so much as you were speaking because everything you just said, like I could not agree more. And you see it all the time. Like just recently, you know, TikTok got caught with his hand in the cookie jar with this heating button where they can like cherry pick who goes viral or who, you know, gets pushed. And of course they tried to downplay it and they said, oh, we only, um, you know, do that for 0.02% of people or something like that, but you do it. Right. That's the point. You you, you still do it. Exactly. <laughs> right? So it's exactly. not we, we've been led to believe that this this magical black box algorithm that can just magically make these things happen. It's like ah, it's a little bit more manual than they would have you believe. So exactly. Great call out. Great, great call out. So another benefit of being a giant is that you get to throw your weight around. You get to knock down trees and move mountains. So given your position in the space, 
How are you trying to change the landscape? Yeah. So one big thing, coin, I guess a term that we're coining is, and we're standing behind that we've created is called the PIC model. It's called Passion Integrated Influencer Campaigns. So let's talk about traditional, right? How traditionally it works, a brand is an RFP. They reach out to a talent manager or an influencer, and no one's going to send anything creative until a contract is signed. By the time the contract is signed, there's a brief. So a lot of the content that's being made is not really that organic and pure. Everyone has been trying to replicate when Dog Face did that thing with Ocean Spray, the drink. It went viral, and every, everyone, everyone keeps trying to replicate that. The reason why that went so well is because of the pick model. Dogface was doing what he does every day, his passion. He loves to ride. He loves to drink you know, uh, juice or whatever it is on his way. And then the brand was organically integrated. So meaning in, instead of going through a, a, a process of that, our company, what we do, is we are constantly looking for creators that are already have projects going. So if you know, for example, Justin, one of our creators, came to us. Hey, I want to drive across, you know, the entire states and 48 states playing Mr. B song. Help me get a brand to sponsor this. Well, any brand sees that as a big red flag, copy flag, a copyright nightmare. What we did instead is we took that project that he's going to do regardless with or without a brand. We packaged it and brought it to Cash App and said, hey, we have the idea called Cash App America. Remember, he's driving regardless with or without you, Cash App. But if he's already driving, you might as well integrate into his project and every other video is a piece of content. So through that, we did, it was about 12 pieces of content that have now generated over 80 million views for Cash App. Another example was with um, another talent manager who wanted to have six of his influencers go to four cities, came to us. We were able to get Warner Brothers to fund that. It was called the Compa X Black Adam uh, campaign, where they went to three cities and we ended up getting Dwayne The Rock Johnson to surprise them as well. That was one of the highest performing campaigns that Warner Brothers has ever had with influencers. Once again, why? Because of the fact that we're constantly looking for passion projects then we integrate uh, uh, brands because of our advertising knowledge of understanding their objectives. Now, why is this good for a brand? A couple of things. One, pricing goes down exponentially because it's a project the creator wants to do. They want to get it funded. So pricing can literally go down sometimes five times cheaper than a regular campaign. The viewership is way higher that we've seen, like like five, sometimes a thousand percent higher of passion projects and it is just a general uh, traditional. And however, the issue is why we're you know taking move is because no one's going to sit there and put resources into just constantly talking to talent, compiling projects, trying to make it fit. And that's what our company does really, really well. And because of it, we now have people like Kavi Lame, the biggest TikToker in the world. Their US management company came to us. Hey, we see that you guys are doing really well these at these series. Could you help us with Kabi with the series? So, you know, we're working on that stuff over there. Now we're officially, you know, helping their team with pitching Kabi for series. Um, and really, we've now focusing on becoming a creative agency for talent management companies as well. Man, I'm going to need a neck brace after this conversation because <laughs> I'm just nodding my head so much. The pick model. I dig it. So we are going to take a short break. But when we get back, we're going to continue our conversation with tiny giant Tinashe Chaponda. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. 
Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And we're back. So, Tinashe, the first half was fire. So now I want to switch gears a little bit and get a parental perspective from you, irrespective of whether or not you have children, because there's this old African proverb, which I'm sure you've heard, it takes a village to raise a child. So if there's a young person in your life that you're poor into, it could be as a soccer coach, whatever, then guess what? You fit that criteria. So given the fact that you've been an influencer yourself, and you've also worked on the agency side of things. I want to get some uh, parental advice for you because I have three children. I have a 13-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a six-year-old. All three of them want to be YouTubers, right? Mm -hmm. And sort of the two stats that this show was founded on was that Lego and Harris Poll did a study and found that three times as many children ages eight to 12 want to be YouTubers than astronauts which of course my children fall into that cohort. Yeah. And then the the second step is that uh, just last year, I believe it was October of 2022, Adobe did a global survey. This was worldwide and found that almost 50%, 49% of Gen Z intend to pursue content creation as a career. And as a daddy, where that gives me a little bit of pause is something called the law of large numbers, right? Where if everybody is rushing into the space, then it gets oversaturated. It becomes that much noisier and it becomes that much more difficult to rise to the top. And a lot of people are going to fall by the wayside, which is why I started this show, because the answer to oversaturation is niching or niching. So if you're in a crowded space, you niche down and carve out your particular you know, piece of real estate, which again, you have unquestionably done. So that was a little bit long of a buildup, but I want to ask you a two-part question. The first part is, as a parent, what would you say to my three, you know, my three children, my 13-year-old, my nine-year-old, and a six-year-old? And then on the other side of the coin, if you could talk to my children directly, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say from a parent perspective, the key thing will be building an environment of openness, of welcoming, and allowing the child to do what they want. Meaning what we see and what these Gen Z's, Gen Alpha do can sometimes be completely foreign, strange to us, but completely normalized within their age range. So the first thing I would say is giving that environment for the child to just express themselves and do whatever that they want. Two, I would also say is looking at it from a longevity perspective, understanding that your child might go into it. It might be phases. They might, you know, 
quit for a month or two and come back. Very normal being that the Gen Z, Gen Alpha is growing up with influencer friends, which causes a lot of psychological, you know, insecurities and passions. So really just always being supportive. And especially if they feel like taking a break or anything, just let them do it. Creativity, especially at that young age, they're revolutionizing the way to create, right? Where they might take a break for three months, come back, the first video gets some 60 million followers. I mean, 60 million views, 1 million followers. Now they're back at the top is another thing I would say. Um, if I'm talking directly to them from a kid perspective, you know, directly is they need to be comfortable being alone and really focusing on their own craft, being they have Snapchat, TikTok, all of these high simulation, you know, s- stimulant things that sometimes make it feel hard for them to fit in because everyone's telling them what to do. So being a loner and just grinding yourself is going to be really important for these younger kids to do. Also, I would say is when they look at, you know, from your perspective as a parent, they should feel and be open to to saying, hey, mom, dad, I want to completely change my content. I want to do something completely different. Maybe I want to change a new channel and feeling that confidence and that support from the parents. Strong. That's real strong. Be comfortable being alone. And I wish someone would have told me that when I was younger, because fun fact about me is that I actually don't watch very much television at all. Like I'll watch sports if it's on, but it's, it's typically not something I do in my time because I write books and I produce podcasts and, you know, podcasts don't edit themselves. Books don't write themselves. Right. So I don't watch a lot of TV. Please don't cancel me or clown me for this, but I've actually never seen an episode of Power. <laughs> Not one, because it's like I'm 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 creating. I'm, yeah. I'm doing things. And so I spend a lot of time researching and to your point focusing on my craft because somebody has to do it and I'm not, I am not yet at the point where I can just hire someone to edit my podcast for me. I pray to be at that point soon, but you know, I I'm not there yet, right? Mm-hmm. So that is solid advice for, you know, any age that I definitely am in alignment with. So Tanache, this has been tremendous. Nothing left to do but roll out the red carpet. Please give everybody your social media handles. Tell us about any giant projects you got going on at Sosani Agency. The floor is yours. Yes, of course. Um, I guess if you want to connect with me, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm very active on there at Tanache Japonda. That is uh, across the board on Instagram and as well as TikTok. And T, you will put that in the description there for them. In terms of big projects, we are planning to roll out the pick model on a public perspective and really providing the public with resources on how to really create a new form of campaigning with PIC. Uh, the second big project we're working on is our collaboration with OnScale. It's a uh, talent management CRM um, the software essentially going to be a super chat for talent managers to manage all their different influencers. So we created a very uh, exciting strategic partnership there where uh, we'll be integrating to our company and where I'm becoming an ambassador for them over there for that tech. And then the last thing is I'm doing a lot of speaking. So if you're looking to have me come in, talk to your association, to your company, specifically your marketing team, looking to get into the influencer space or even schools. I'm also speaking at, uh, at colleges as well, too, about just the careers within the space. I'm totally open to doing that as well, too. So just feel free to reach out. But the main thing is I'm passionate about the space. 
I guess that probably comes with the whole pick model as well, too. And I'm super excited for anyone who wants to get in the space because you can still make your own you know, uh, road and path, being that it's still such an early industry. And there you have it, folks, from the genuine article himself. So, Tanache, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, of course, T. I'm happy to be here. Tiny Giants is an audio companion to and the first chapter of my first book, Beyond Buzzwords. Social media, mobile, and other marketing buzzwords ain't the half of it. Available on Amazon. If you enjoyed this podcast, chances are good you'll like the book too. I'm proud to say that while the book has aged, it's not dated. Sure, some examples could be freshened up, but strategically, it's as rock solid as the day it was written. Not every author can say that. I encourage you to pick it up and leave me a rating and review. It really helps. I have like one rating on that book from my mom because she loves me. And I'm positive that you'll love it too. Head on over to tinygiants.tech for more episodes and whatever else I have going on. While you're there, leave me a voicemail with your question, comment, or feedback for improvement. I may play that voice recording on a future episode as I answer your question or address your concern. If you, your company, or school needs help with college, career, and creator readiness strategy or to book me to speak, drop me a line at t at tinygiants.tech. If you or someone you know is doing big things in small or not so small niches, or as we like to call them, tiny giants, and they will make a great guest for the show, email me at t at tinygiants.tech. Thanks for listening. And remember, you get big by going small, but to prioritize career over celebrity. But no matter what you choose, know that I'm rooting for you. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.